0: Did you meet with Shohei Otani in recent days in order to pitch the Blue Jays to him?
1: Yeah, anything that we share about meetings that have occurred or haven't occurred uh, only hurts our chances to acquire talent. And Shohei with a drive to right, he has welcomed himself to Canada with his 39th home run! I think we're really getting close to an answer. I think we're down to essentially two teams. I don't think it'll be long before we find out where he wants to play. 8.04
2: 8.04 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Breath, Sportsnet 650. Halford Breath. of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Shai Davidi is going to join us from the MLB Winter Meetings in Nashville in just a moment here. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at Campbell-Pound.com today.
3: We are coming to you live from the Kintec Studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at Kintech.net. The MLB Winter Meetings have basically turned into
2: Fight Club and that you just don't talk about whatever you're meeting about at these meetings, especially if it involves Shohei Otani. Joining us now. Uh SportsNet's Blue Jays and MLB analyst Shy Deviti here on the Halford and Brough show on SportsNet 650. Morning Shy, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm all right. How are you guys? Good. I'm glad that you were allowed to tell me how you're doing because apparently everything mm-hmm. in Nashville right now is a secret. I want for the listeners that don't understand what's going on here. Um, Shohei Otani apparently values privacy more than anybody. So, in order to play the game and to try and lure him aboard as a free agent, teams have to follow suit and be as private as humanly possible. Uh, Ross Atkins has been dodging all the questions. And then yesterday, there was this moment where uh, Dodgers manager <laughs> Dave Roberts decided to speak candidly for what felt like 15 seconds and (laughs) oh my god what is he doing shortly thereafter bob nightingale from usa today pointed out in his column that after speaking freely roberts looked down at his phone and then his face got real serious and uh he then huddled with dodgers public relations officials and was like "Ah, the speaking freely time is now over you are not going to do that again so this kind of illustrates like how much pressure and how high the stakes are here are you getting that same vibe being on the ground there shy
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's really been the story of the week, just how uh, there's are things happening and nobody can talk about them if you're involved in the pursuit of Shohei Latani. And it's been almost... Uh, I mean, not almost. It's sort of been this running joke, right? Like, uh, I think the the Zoom call that Ross Atkins did with the media on Monday was uh, really emblematic of that. He's... Supposed to meet with us in person. It's something that every general manager does at the winter meetings with their uh, local media contingent. And uh, suddenly we get a note and saying there is a scheduling conflict and we're going to shift to Zoom. And if you have a scheduling conflict and you're on site, you don't Move it to Zoom. We're just like, hey, come half an hour later or whatever the case is. So, uh, so we jump on the Zoom, and there's a blurred background, and uh, I'm sorry. he's asked, uh, I don't know, 17 times, where is he? And it's, uh, I'm glad I can do this via Zoom. And so, <laughs> that is, and that is the rule of engagement in the current circumstance. So, uh, it's. You know, I think there's been a lot written about whether this should be a little bit more open or that it's bad for baseball. Uh, I kind of think it's, I, I kind of think it's been fun for, uh, for a winter meetings where nothing's happened. It's actually been remarkably interesting. Uh, and you know, at this point it does seem like we are, we're in the deliberation phase. It's, uh, I think the, the heavy lifting has been done, and it seems like everything is in Shohei Ohtani's hands right now.
3: So I want to ask you, like, what chance did the Jays really have of landing Ohtani? But how hard is it for you to handicap this situation with such limited information?
0: Well, I don't think it's so much that there's limited information. I think we understand sort of where the teams are. The, the, the missing piece, and this, is where you've been, this applies to where the teams involved as well, is how does Shohei weigh different elements that have been presented to him? You know, like, obviously there's going to be a huge financial component to this. And, you know, if you're not, if you're not clearing, you know, half a billion dollars plus, you're probably, you know, that's the barrier to entry. So you're not even in the discussion if you're not willing to go there. And then the other things, you know, is the facilities and player resources most important? Is it the stadium? Is it the city? The opportunity to win? How does he rank them? Oh, you know, what are the other elements that he wants? You know, what kind of neighborhood does he want to live in? All those sort of elements. I don't know that anyone outside his inner circle really understands where the you, you know what are, what the priorities are. And so, uh, you know, you talk to certain people, are like, oh, he really values clean cities, irrationally so. Uh, you know, he really likes quiet. He really likes being able to walk distances, you really like dome stadiums. You know, there's just so much out there. And I think that you can really talk yourself into whatever you want the outcome to be. And so I've tried to kind of wheel back and say, look, this is where the Blue Bluesies are. They're in the conversation at this point in time. And if you're in the conversation at this point in time, then that's a good place to be. So
3: why are the Jays doing this? Why are the Jays putting all this effort? I mean, I know Otani is a special player, but is there anything specific about this particular upcoming season or this next few years that make this the time to bid? Because not all the teams in Major League Baseball are taking this as seriously as the Toronto Blue Jays.
0: Well, I mean, there are a few elements to that, right? Like not every team in baseball can jump in financially and make this happen. But, you know, there are a number of reasons. I think the baseball reasons for this are pretty clear. It's a singular talent, uh, one of the most dynamic forces. If you believe that he's going to be able to return a pitch again as well, Um, that's tremendous, but he's one of the top five hitters in the game, even if he's not pitching. And, you know, freakishly elite athlete, just, just total one-of-a-kind power, uh, hand-eye coordination, running speed, all, all the elements that you'd want. Like he is, if you're building a prototypical baseball player, he is it. So that's pretty straightforward. Then there's the the business opportunity of what this is. And and I'm not solely talking about, okay, there are elements of, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, the interest from Japanese companies that you can leverage, you know, that's certainly a piece. But then it's also about where the Blue Jays are right now. So they're completing a $300-plus million renovation of the Rogers Center, which is creating a ton of new premium seating that they need to sell. And it is very expensive, and they're seeking five-year commitments from buyers. So pretty good way to sell them on on your premium seating if you've got Shohei Otani in play. The, the, what he does to the current group and the opportunity that he provides to help leverage the group that they have in place, I mean, that's a, a massive jump too. Uh, and then you're putting one of the most dynamic players in the game into your ecosystem for 8, 10 years, however you want to amortize the, uh, the dollar amount. And so you're creating um, a, a very substantial window in which you can keep your team uh, among the most relevant in baseball. So, it's an entire package of things that make this uh, a very unique opportunity unlike almost any other free agent.
3: Do you think this has anything to do with Vladdy Guerrero maybe not being the player that they thought he was? Like if if he had if he had kept on his pace from 2021, Would they need to go after a star like
0: Otani? I mean, the Los Angeles Dodgers have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, and (laughs) what they want more than anything is to have Shohei Otani hitting between them. So, you know, I I don't think that is like like we're talking about. Like, you have an opportunity to essentially sign Babe Ruth. Yeah, like any baseball team. No matter where they are, would love the opportunity to sign Babe Ruth, and so I, I think that that's the way to think about Shohei Ohtani. Like this is how unique and how dynamic. Like it, it's it's a once in a in a generation type of opportunity. And uh, so you know, I don't think it's tied to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think it's like, if anything, it's like this is only going to make Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that much better.
3: Right. Right. How much money are we talking about here? Have the estimates been out there?
0: I, I mean, we're talking in excess of half a billion dollars. Uh, you know, th- does it get to six? Does it go beyond six? I mean, that's that's right now. I'm sure the the final piece here, uh, but you know, that's the barrier to entry, <laughs> and, uh, and that and that's the value. You know, the, this isn't being put together like just willy nilly. I think. Teams are going to have their valuations on how, uh, you, you know, what, what it's worth is sort of, a, uh, you know, wins uh, or war is, is essentially this industry, loose industry standard of how you value a player. A win is worth roughly eight to nine million dollars on the free agent market, depending on how you're doing the current math. You know, you're talking about potentially, uh, you know, seven to ten win player. And so, you know, you're talking about, you know, 56 to $80 million of value per year, and that's how you're getting to, to these contract triggers. So uh, it's, it's uh, an incredible amount. You think about, uh, you know, Rogers buying the Blue Jays in September 2000 or an 80% stake in the Blue Jays for $112 million, <laughs> and, and now they're on the verge of paying someone, you know, five times that. How concerned
3: should any potential bidder be about Otani's health? I mean,
0: I I think very concerned. But uh, I I also think that he's shown uh, a durability that few other players uh, can show. Um, I think the real question, and this has been around for a while, is how long can he continue to be both a, uh, a pitcher and a hitter? Right. And, you know, over the life of the contract, I think you're going into it expecting the vast majority of the value to come from his offensive contributions and that you'd feel pretty good about his ability to stay on the field as a position player. And then what happens to him as a pitcher? I don't know. I wouldn't say this might be maybe a bit uh, over the top, but I think sort of what he's contributing to the pitcher uh, as a pitcher is almost gravy. To what he's doing to hitter, so you know if you're getting four or five hundred innings out of him over the course of the contract uh, you know maybe he's a reliever at certain points that's almost a bonus the the main thing is what a dynamic force he is plus an offensive player and then you know if he's able to sustain it longer than than we all expect uh, as a two-way player then then you've got something even better
2: we're speaking to Shai Davidi, Blue Jays reporter for Sportsnet. Here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet six fifty. Shai, here's one for you: Is what's happening right now with Otani? Is this good for baseball? Is this bad for baseball? Or do neither of those matter? Because at the end of the day, this is just the reality of baseball.
0: You know, I've I've seen uh, some of the, the, the pieces that have been written. I've been part of discussions with some people about that very topic, and. To me to be honest this has been really interesting and 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 almost a bit of fun you know like sure it'd be great to hear from Otani constantly and you know I do think it's unfortunate that he hasn't spoken to the media since August 9th and you know the, he should have been available to people uh, after he won the MVP award and he should have made he should have made himself available at that point I think that would have been a, a better way to go. And even if you're not going to say anything about your free agency, or don't answer those questions. You know, baseball does need to hear the baseball industry does need to hear from perhaps it's most interesting and dynamic player. But the the process is the process. I mean, this is one of the, the this is, this will be the most significant financial commitment uh, in North American to a player in North American pro sports and, and one of the the largest commitments in international sports, like, you know, to try and do that in a a super public way. I'm not sure that that anybody would want that complication if you were in that spot. So do we all want to hear more about this and more about Shoei Otani? Sure. I also understand why things have played out the way that they've played out and I'd hope that wherever he lands with his future essentially secured that we could maybe get a chance to know Shohei Ohtani a little bit more because selfishly I mean this is just such a, a unique and compelling person that, that I can understand and and share the curiosity about him <laughs>
2: Uh, how do you think Juan Soto feels about all this? Because you know, like a guy won the NL batting crown in 2020 and he's like, I'm now the world's biggest consolation prize, I think. But he's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious because And any other free agency period, he's the guy, he's the prize, but he's definitely taking a back seat this year.
0: Well, you, you know, it would have been really interesting if he was a free agent at the same time. But uh, as much as, you know, that sort of narrative's out there, uh, I also think he's like, hey, Shohei, go get more money because whatever you do only raises the, the floor for me. Right. So, uh, I, you know, like, I think the for him, it's where am I going to end up? Am I going to end up with the Yankees? Am I going to end up somewhere else? And the, uh, the uncertainty of what the dest- the next destination is and, and the lack of control about it, right? Like, Shohei Otani is in control. Like, he's making the decision of where he's going. Juan Soto doesn't have that lever. So, You know, I I assume that he'd want to go to New York. It's a great place to hit for a left-handed hitter. You know, He might hit 70 home runs there. Shohei Ohtani could hit 70 home runs at the Rogers Center. It'd be fun to see them going up against one another. But if he wanted to be somewhere else, if he wanted to be in California or wherever it was, I mean, he just doesn't have that option. So uh, it is an interesting situation. But ultimately, the more money Shohei Ohtani gets, the better off Juan Soto will be next fall.
3: So you've obviously given consideration to, you know, how you're going to cover this if the Jays do get Otani or even if they do get Juan Soto. How are you how are you preparing for if they get neither?
0: Well, I mean, that's certainly uh, some work that uh, I've been doing all offseason because look, okay, it's it's very possible and perhaps even likely. I mean, we just don't know. Uh, but the Blue Jays, I, I think Juan Soto is, and I've thought this all along, has been the uh, a, a, not a very likely outcome, at least based on what the Padres were asking for and how they line up with the Blue Jays in terms of trade. And the Blue Jays certainly want, not wanting to surrender, or say, uh, a prospect like Ricky Tiedemann for one year, of Juan Soto. So I haven't, you know, I haven't, I've monitored that, but I haven't really thought that was uh, high on the spectrum of possibility. But the Blue Jays could still have a very nice off season and make a lot of good moves if they don't get Otani or they don't get Soto. Uh, it's just not going to be the inspirational kind of off season that it was. I mean, like really, there's one Shohei Otani. There is no. There is no fallback plan, right? <laughs> There's nothing that's comparable. Uh, you know, Soto's, Soto's nice, but it's a one-year fix. And since he's a Scott Boris client, you know, he's going to, to free agency. So it's one year. With, with Shohei Otani, this is a, you know, a decade-ish sort of change for a franchise and a, a shot at, you know, international relevancy. It's, it's just at a, a level that nothing else can compare to. And so, you know, the reality is it's really looking at Otani or sort of this consolation prize uh, winter. Uh, But that doesn't mean that the Blue Jays couldn't make moves, be a very good team and have a lot of success next year.
2: Shy, this was great, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to do it. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your time in Nashville and being shrouded in secrecy. We'll see what the next few days bring
0: appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. Yeah, you too.
2: Thanks. That's Shai Davidi, Blue Jays reporter and MLB reporter from Sportsnet here on the Halford & Brough Show. On Sportsnet 650, real quick before you jump in. Uh, I should clarify. I think I might have muddied the waters there. Soto's not a free agent. Just so we're clear.
3: Yeah, he's got one year left. He's I in understand. his walk year, basically. The yeah. reason
2: that he's up for trade is the same reason that the Nationals trade him. is because he's on the verge of getting this massive contract. Mm-hmm. He's a Boris client, so you know he's going to go to free agency.
3: Yeah, and the Padres are like, we've already spent a lot of money in it. It has not gone well. Right. The Nationals were like, we offered him $440 million, and
2: he said no. So <laughs> best of luck with him.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a shame that the Padres are blowing it up, because you looked at their, their record last year. They were very unlucky. Really, when you look at the run differential, they and were just, unlucky. You know, but... The way things worked out for them, it was it was awful season. It's hard but...
2: when you spend that much money than to fall back on the oh, the bounces just didn't go our way. Right? Like, well, nobody it sees it that way. One hundred
1: sixty-two game season, you know. You... Like
2: I got a buddy that's a big Padres fan, one of the three Padres fans in the Lower Mainland, and uh, he just said last year was a disaster to watch. Yeah, because yeah. you just kept waiting for all these things to click. And it never did. And they, they had a
3: winning record, I think. But he said... Like, it wasn't as much of a disaster as the Mets, for example. Right. But it was, it was pretty bad overall. Uh, get your What We Learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Uh, Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner and Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Beauties in Vancouver. Online at DunbarLumber.com. 650-650 is the number. We could use some more What We Learns in the Dunbar Lumber text line. I will do a quick one. And that is that three Canucks prospects have made Team Sweden for the World Juniors. So there was disappointment when Hunter Bruskevich didn't even get invited to the Team USA camp. Well, Sweden announced their actual team. Like, this isn't the guys that are invited to camp. There's no risk of these guys getting cut, I don't think. Uh, Elias Pettersson, not that one. The defenseman, Tom Willander, and Jonathan Lekkeramacki will all be on Team Sweden. And Team Sweden is hosting this tournament. The betting favorite is Canada, but a lot of the prospects experts are saying, like, actually, Sweden is the favorite for this tournament.
2: Yeah, so now, I mean, obviously our allegiances are going to lie with Team Canada, but very, very close behind... I will be actively following and rooting for Team Sweden given the Canucks affiliation. And now I can absolutely hate the American team because they screwed over Bruce Davich. So this is nice. It sets up, I don't like thinking a lot in general, but I don't like the, about these tournaments. I just want everything handed to me. Yeah, nice, nice, easy narrative, right? So yay, Canada, let's go Sweden, Canada, Sweden, gold medal. And then hopefully the States finish in the relegation zone. Right. And they don't even get to go to next yeah, year. And they're like, we could have used Braskevich. Yeah. I hope they get zero points from their defensemen in this well, tournament. I am very zero. much,
3: I am very much looking forward to seeing all three of these players. Um, especially Jonathan Lekoramaki. He's back, man. Because I want to see if he can go out there and dominate. Because with all due respect to Tom Willander and Elias Pettersson, I don't think they're expected. I don't think the expectations are for them to dominate. Mm-hmm. For Lekker and Mackey, he's got to be one of Sweden's best forwards. Yeah. This is a third world juniors. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't get mono this time. Can you get it
2: twice?
1: I think so. It's not chicken pox. Yeah, oh, I don't okay. think it's chicken pox. I think
3: you get mono multiple times. <laughs> all right, no kissing. Okay, <laughs> give me a moo cow on that. <laughs> Um, we'll go to break now. Get you what we learned in. We'll read them on the other side of the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650.
1: Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Bick Nizar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh God, this is always dead.
1: It's what
2: we learn, time. It's what we learn, time. It's what we learn, time. On the show, eight thirty-two on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet six fifty. Halford Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accura dealer. Today, we are in hour three of the program. It is what we in time. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound? Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We've got uh, both TVs in the Kintex studio tuned into. Poor Dave Roberts. The fish eyes. <laughs> All he did was confirm what everyone pretty much knew that they were like meeting and in the running for Shohei Otani. And then he quickly got admonished by the Dodgers organization. They're like, How dare
3: you? Who, who admonished him? How did it go? How did it go? Like he's in a press conference. I have so an audio I it. Bob
2: Knight. Yeah, okay, let's hear it. Well, no, this is him. This is him talking candidly.
3: Okay. Right? So play what he said.
1: Go. Oh, you, sorry. You want the uh, the, the Roberts. Whatever you first. got at this
2: point, Laddie. Whatever you got.
0: Oh, boy.
1: Oh, boy. Well, I didn't have the Roberts ready. I had the clip of the GM admonishing him. But let let's, me... let's play. Let's Clearly,
0: play. Uh, you know, Shohei is our top priority. <laughs> Am I able to say that? Um, it's a good possibility. <laughs> I, I think that, um, um, yeah, we met with him. You know, I don't want to, I'd like to be honest. And, and so uh, we, we, we met with Shohei.
2: And then the general manager said, shame on you for your honesty. And he followed up with this.
3: Did you know that Dave
2: was
1: going to disclose the meeting? Um, It's just not something I'm going to talk about right now. Do you think that could impact your guys' chances of signing him? We're just not going to talk about it. Why are you not talking about it? I mean, because we're not allowed to talk about current free agents. So So what your manager did then is something that's illegal? Uh, I mean, Dave made a comment. And, you know, we
3: are just, for us personally, don't feel comfortable... Going into it any further? I always. Do you you think Shohei? Shohei, I want to see like the press conference and there's like a translator and he says I chose Toronto because Dave Roberts had his big stupid mouth. (laughs) It was a test. You (laughs) failed. I
2: figured. Shohei's just throwing out trial balloons everywhere. like test here. Uh oh. Dave Roberts said it aloud. Anyway, um, poor Dave Roberts. But this seems like a lot of fun at the MLB meetings. Okay, uh, I got to do what we learned. This is uh, from the National Football League, specifically the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks have now made NFL history. Well, I guess the Eagles have as well. Uh, it's the first game ever that's going to be flexed into Monday Night Football from Sunday, fo- Sunday Night Football. Um, <laughs> the reason that they're doing this is because they originally had the Chiefs and the Patriots on Monday Night Football. And then they looked at that game and they're like, ugh. We can't have the Patriots. So they're on actually Monday not going to play it at all. They're like, we're not just going to flex you. <laughs> we're just going to cancel they, it. <laughs> don't play the game. We know how it's going to end up. The Patriots are going to score between zero and six points. <laughs> That's out. So uh, it's now prime time. Uh, Seahawks, Eagles. Interesting thing in here is that there's a bunch of Eagles
3: fans who are going to make the trip to Seattle, and they're all angry now. I think it's crazy that the NFL can flex a game from Sunday to Monday. Those are very different. Timed games for different days of the week, (laughs) like the ticket buying public. Yep. So there's all these uh, stories in the Philadelphia newspaper about these guys that would be like, "Yeah, I was going to go, you know, for the weekend when I have time off work, Mm -hmm. and now I've got this decision to make. Do I have to like I have to take a day off work, or maybe the 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 flight." Like maybe it's going to cost something to change my flight. Like so there's it's a guy, crazy. Like the arrogance of the NFL well, to to flex a game from Sunday to Monday. I, I honestly don't think that should be allowed. I think this speaks more to how
2: putrid, truly putrid the New England Patriots are. They're like we're we're going to run the risk of upsetting people like Daniel Matson, a Philadelphia area heating and air conditioner repairman. Yeah, he had tickets, flight, and you know, accommodations and the tickets to the game. And it cost him an extra thousand dollars to change everything. Right, And then not only that, he had to take a, a day off work from his
3: heating and air conditioning. Like company. most people in Philly are already in kind of a bad mood. Right. This is not good. That's just, this is just how they carry themselves. They like it. They take pride in They're it. They're going to show up angry. Yeah, I would yeah. be angry. Capitalist
1: of- society does what it wants, you guys. It's all about <laughs> the money.
3: No, it's all
2: about keeping Rip the rug right on out from under you. <laughs> thing yeah. Again, I cannot underscore how bad the Patriots
3: are at football. Do you think that should be allowed though? Flexing from Sunday to Monday, it, it's a big leap for like sure. A lot of fans travel to these games. Yes, Eagles 100%. fans travel well.
2: I and... am I am very very surprised that they did it. I think it's a hilarious statement of where the Patriots are at currently, and it does speak to the arrogance, if you will, like yeah. Rick Martel's cologne arrogance of the <laughs> national of the National Football League on this one. All right, anyway, give us give us an moocad. arrogant moOCout
3: Anyone yeah. else got
2: one? No. no Okay, we're going to go right to the humanoids. Fire up that dot matrix. What we learned is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them online at getfireplan.com. Oh my God, we're having a fire plan.
3: Anyone got one that they'd like to begin with? Yeah. I'll always start. Yes. Because I'm prepared. Uh, Ryan, Ryan and Colton. Ryan and Comox, what we learned, Canada is in trouble at the next international event. The Hughes brothers are too good. Oh, the, the Americans are going to be good regardless, right? Uh, they've got probably the most talent they've ever had. Um, I mean, gonna- at the key spots, down the middle. Goalies. Uh, goalies and on defense. Like the, the Americans, they've had good goalies in the past, and they've had some great wingers, but they've just never had that defensive depth and depth down the middle that they have now that can match Canada, frankly.
2: Um, I, I'm going to poll. The, there is not a better way to say that. I'm going to poll all of you now on this one. <laughs> who's the better? Me. I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> call HR. Who's the better what, team? Uh, no, no, who's the better Better hockey power family right now? Is it American version? Is it the Hugheses or the Kachukas? Well, well, Hughes, because like there's three, three of them. them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get Did the They, they win Thank by you. numbers. Thank you that they win on yeah, I think I they're aggregate. better players,
3: too. Yeah. You do? I would take Jack and Quinn over uh, Matthew and uh You yeah, I don't know. I I Brady? guess because you get a defense, Brady, yeah. you, get a, you get
2: let's let's say right Brady. now. You only get to choose two because you only get two Kachuk. So you're taking Jack and Quinn obviously. No, sorry. Oh, I'm Quinn and Luke. I'm getting confused. Who Quinn and Jack. Quinn and Jack. Jack. No, it was a joke. Um so Jack you're taking and Luke. the two. And then at that point you're saying who would you take who would you rather have on a team right now would be Brady and Matthew Kachuk, or would it be uh, Luke and I, I think the Hughes Jack have a little more Williams dimensions to their
3: game Hughes. than the Kachuk's. Well, have. you get a mm.
2: defenseman out of the deal, yeah. so that inherently, yeah, and leads- in Quinn.
3: But some people would take the Kachuk's like for the playoffs or whatever. Right.
2: Matthew Kachuk was unreal in the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the brothers so much.
3: Brady. Uh, what That's we learned: annoying. Lincoln and Surrey. <laughs> don't care for him. What we learned: We should have traded Kuzmenko last year. He just isn't some guy. Yeah. He's well, there's a lot bad. of people definitely revisiting that decision to uh, retain Kuzmenko. Um, I wasn't one of those guys that was up in arms about not trading him. I thought getting him signed to the two-year deal was fair, but I didn't expect it to go so badly this year. I really didn't. Um, I knew that there was going to be some growing pains in the relationship with talkit and Kuzmenko. You could just tell, right? I mean, it, it was an issue last year, but I didn't think it would get to the point where He's a healthy scratch in back-to-back games, and again, he could be, in theory, a healthy scratch Thursday against Minnesota because Hoglander is probably going to get the ongoing opportunity with Miller and Besser because he's and earned I, it, and I think Lafferty's probably going to stick with Pedersen and Mikheyev. He's so also earned it. Where are you going to put Kuzmenko in the press box? Probably. I mean, are you going to sit him on the bench? Are you gonna put him on the fourth line? Yeah, like that's not gonna work. Or like our forechecking line with the guy that doesn't know how to forecheck? Well, here's an
2: option from Damon from the Rock. I assume that's White Rock, but who knows? Hashtag WW What we learned. Tyler Myers is aging like a glass of room temperature milk. Game in and game out, he is the worst player on the ice. I would rather have Kuzmenko back on defense. <laughs> he is a wreck right shot. Hey, there's an idea. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> Reinventing the how Kuzmenko show. you think outside the box.
1: Can we just call up Rick like they call it Barry Trotz? in Nashville sure Just, hey Rick what was this idea <laughs> I got a couple who's thoughts who's on the defensive side
3: uh, basketball Phil with what we learned it's looking like Giannis for the NBA's in season tournament final Mm-hmm. Okay. They're on, they're on their yeah. way to Vegas. Eh? Yeah, the it's NBA. The Four, yeah, the NBA has to be thrilled with how it's worked out so far. This tournament has been fun. The crowds are into it. The players have clearly bought in. It's been a success. Yeah, and that's the key. The players have to buy in, and they have to show that they care. Now, it's not necessarily going to be the Lakers versus the Bucks in the final tomorrow. Milwaukee will play the Pacers. And the Lakers will play New Orleans. And the NBA, I'm sure, is hoping that it is not. The Pacers and the Pelicans in the final uh, in Las Vegas. If they were to get that Giannis-LeBron matchup, it would be good. And the Bucs are favored and the Lakers are favored. But only slightly, right? So The thing, the thing with, with Indiana and New Orleans is for them this could be their biggest accomplishment of the season, right? There are obviously higher expectations for Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. and even if it's not realistic, there's higher expectations for the The, Lakers.
2: The success and buy-in of the in-season tournament is one of the more surprising sports things that I've seen over the last few years. I had zero hopes and zero expectations that this thing was going to work. The best part of all of it is that the players have bought in, despite the fact that the players have absolutely no idea what's going on. Have you seen some of the interviews that have happened? They had Bones Highland from the Clippers before they got, um, before they were, they were in it. And like they don't understand the he format. He had no idea. He got asked about it. Is this good? Like, yeah, we like, won. That's good, right? He's like, bro, I, I don't know what's going on. He's like, <laughs> I don't know if this is a regular season game. <laughs> he just admitted it. And then yesterday, Giannis was told that there's prize money involved and he had no idea. Like it's great. Like imagine being so enthusiastic about something yet not really knowing. It's a great dynamic. They're like, yeah, this is so much fun. And then they're like, also, there's prize money.
1: As a kid, I always wanted to win an NBA cup. Yeah, but... are not you know, saying that in the... Could you
2: imagine the... if you found out that you won the cup and then they also handed you, like, a big sack of money? Like the Monopoly man? And they're like, here you go. Congratulations. That's what Giannis's response was like when he found out.
3: It's great. Uh, uh, what we learned. I learned if Shohei Otani signs with the Blue Jays, the Mariners games will be must-purchase tickets. Yeah, can you imagine that? It's already crazy. It would be even crazier. I just, like, if the Jays sign Otani, the organization is going to hi- have to hire, like, a hundred more people to take advantage of all the sponsorship uh, yeah. opportunities involved with them. Like, I think the, the point that Shy made about how they're doing these renovations to um, the stadium and how they're putting in all this premium seating, and typically with premium seating, you ask for the five-year commitment. Sometimes it's a 10-year commitment, depending on it. Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah, you're locked in. So imagine being able to go to potential ticket buyers or you know big-time sponsors and going, ha, have we got a pitch to make you? How much
2: closer would this get us to having Shohei Otani on our show if he became a member of the Blue
3: Jays? Uh, like one inch, but yes. we'd still be like six miles away. That would be amazing. Yeah. But if
1: we could see him now. Right, we got a really long stick. We, we can talk to people that talk to him yeah. often.
2: well, We, we can got, talk to people I, that talk to him. we got plenty of sponsorship opportunities for him. Yeah. Right? Sure, Dr. Pollock's still looking for a, well, yeah, a client. He prefers and the and West
1: Coast, he said, so maybe yeah. branch out to the West Coast Show of Show him, have you been new... to
3: Kintec? <laughs> He's like, Kintec, but we not He's like, my body is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I don't need exactly. orthotics. <laughs> my feet do hurt from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Laddie, do you think it's going to happen, though? Like you wearing your your you're, you're wearing some Jays gear today. You wear Jays Jays gear every day, but not yeah, every day, but it I is. I had
1: a good feeling about today and it's just I don't know. It, it, the fact that they're even in the final two. I, Did Dave Roberts for the Dodgers? I'm hoping, yeah. you know. You're <laughs> just happy to be a finalist? I'm ha- well, I'm not happy to be I'll, I'll be upset if they don't get them, but it's just as a Jays fan growing up, I I grew up in the the worst era for being a Jays fan. I just missed the World Series right. and yeah. they didn't sign like Frank Thomas was the biggest signing I could it think of. It was so like, boring. honestly, it yeah. having the Jays just in these articles and, and excited to see what happens is exciting enough for me but at the end of the day I, I hate still being want the but, glass. Can you, but
3: can you imagine the disappointment with if none of this goes well, through like I just they don't say. get Otani they don't get Soto and they're back but to I'm not life. putting that out there into the universe so I don't it's know, not going to yeah, happen yeah, like I didn't want to go I, yeah
2: I didn't want to go all house of negativity but I was thinking the exact same thing like there is the inherent risk. It's like anything. It's like, you know, ask a popular girl out in high school. There's the chance that she's going to say no. An overwhelming chance in some of our cases yeah, yeah, that yeah. she's going to say no. You know,
3: call the police.
2: <laughs> and then it gets messy. <laughs> but um, I, the thing is, is like when you enter the race, there you run the risk of losing it, right? And then the, well, all, the we're, all the other MLB teams are like, we're not going to risk that disappointment. We're not going to get involved at all. Especially with this team, because I don't know if everyone's aware of this or not, but this team has suffered its fair share of disappointments over the last little bit. Like, it needs to be on a trajectory where things might be mm-hmm. different. Right? Well,
1: and, and like what Shai said in the hit, you, you need to even have the capital to be involved in these discussions. Sure. So the fact that the Jays are one of two teams willing to go to this length for mm-hmm. Otani, that's yeah, right. exciting. Like, as Like the as a, Oakland
2: A's weren't going to get involved no.
1: in the bidding here. Well, Rogers yeah. is a pretty big company.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, the Mariners tried. They, well, they, they can poked, afford dog. The Mariners poked around, and there was the article from Jeff Baker said they realized very quickly they were shopping at Nordstrom and not The Rack, Right. which I didn't yeah. know what they were expecting going into this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Shohei Ohtani's. Is there any chance you could give
3: us a deal, Shohei?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. West Coast.
2: <laughs> Come Shohei on, Shohei. Shohei Ohtani,
1: but it's spelled C-H. Is that have
2: it? Have you been to the place
3: where they throw the fish around? You could have fun there. Like Place Market. By the way, they need to stop doing that on football telecasts. That is
2: jump the shark. Like, jump the fish.
3: It is every time. There's a game in Seattle. They're like, like yeah, yeah. Yep. They, they throw, throw fish. the fish. Yeah, no, I know. Right. Nothing else to do in Seattle. And like the announcers are like, "Did you try it out? Did you catch the fish?" Like, yeah. wow, look how far he threw it that time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a guy that. chucking yeah. a frozen fish. Yeah, we like, get, we get like,
2: it. Chris Collinsworth was complaining about the price of fish. When he was on
1: the broadcast. Was he bringing it home with him? I was confused about that. He's putting a um, suitcase? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was like, why are you buying fish? You're frying it up in the yeah, hotel room? I don't. you like a New York broadcast only showing the Statue of Liberty and nothing else.
3: Yeah. Like, yeah, right. we, we know it's there. I like this. table saw, James, what we learned. You could almost feel Halford get the shivers when they kept mentioning a five-year seat commitment for the new premium seats. He can't even commit to five minutes in a seat for an MLB game. Yeah. Five
2: years is a lot to commit to a seat.
3: Right. Who knows what could happen?
2: Yeah, Seats are year over year. Mm-hmm. You should be a free agent every when if you're a season ticket holder. You should be a free agent every summer, right? And they should have to lure you back, unless the tickets get really popular. Remember when the Canucks used to have a waiting list? I know it's for crazy. Season tickets. We were on that waiting list one yeah. year. We used to be members of the ticket buying public. Back when we were old curtain bloggers, we'd buy ice packs when we are dating ourselves.
3: I remember ice packs. Yeah. yeah,
1: ice packs.
2: There'd be like four different eleven-game packages, and you'd go. Yeah, through I'd share it. them with Which my one has the Leafs game? Anyway, yeah. now the only ice
1: packs sees <laughs> are after hockey when he plays.
2: Because <laughs> 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 of the age, someone gonna, said. Someone just texted in. Very disappointed in your show today. Oh, that's the <laughs>
3: guy that was uh, disappointed because we didn't ask Shai Davidi about other Major League Baseball yeah. teams. Yeah, we yeah, we didn't ask, Ron we Ron did ask the
1: Blue Jays reporter about the other teams that yeah. he's not covering. I think that. Shai's
3: got like his hands full right now yes. with a pretty big story in sports. Shai, it feels assumed. like the Brewers
1: are really making case
2: <laughs> here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough of this Otani talk. Let's get into the Brew crew. Uh,
3: what we learned, Cameron from Abby. I think Besser is at least a legit 40 goal scorer this year. Even though the team isn't performing as well right now, he he is still scoring goals, leading the league by two right now. Like everyone, I am so happy to see him playing so well, especially since he is the player that got me to start watching hockey. Wow.
2: 18 goals in 74 games last year. 18 goals in 26 games this year it's the best story on the team I think for sure I know Hughes for sure I know the Hughes emergence has been fantastic Miller's been great Petey's atop the scoring leaderboard for a while Brock Besser being the NHL's leading goal scorer and not showing really any signs of slowing down Mm -hmm. and I love that all of his goals come from a collective five feet or closer to the blue paint yeah that's just make your make your mark there right just Finish. Just score goals, score goals. I don't. Yeah, Dave. Annerchuk I don't care how you do it. Hall fame Kerr. career yeah, out of Tim it. Tim Kerr. There was an even earlier poll, As we have another timely reference on the Halford and Bruff show. Get, he's done a great job of it. Mm. He's got. I mean, that backhand with I mean, it was a great pass from Miller, but that's a good finish and tight, right?
3: Um, who are you most concerned about right now on all the Canucks? Because there's candidates, right? Like we can go Tyler Myers, we can go Kuzmenko. Some people might say Petey. I might say Petey, actually. No, because he's producing. My biggest concern is uh, I think if PD goes, that might solve a little one person. It's a okay, if, you, like, they, if you have to, I'm I'm asking you a specific question: which individual? Are Tyler, you Myers. Most- Tyler, Myers. Yeah. Tyler Myers, Tyler Myers, Tyler Myers, Tyler
2: Myers. Okay. Anytime
1: he's on the ice, it's just you he never played, know what you're going to get.
2: And they ha- okay. Here's the thing with Kuzmenko: I think you could move him out of the lineup, and you might actually be okay. Yeah, like last night, like Hoaglander and Lafferty played well. Um, with Myers, I don't think you have the luxury to drop him because he plays big hard minutes
3: for talking mm-hmm. even though talking it's probably like Ugh. but the- like the coaching staff isn't they're not dumb they're not watching Tyler Myers play and like be like we are thrilled with the way you're playing right I know there was a bit of a, it almost seemed like a PR campaign from the Canucks there was an article written on Tyler Myers and how he settled down and he was playing okay for a little bit and his overall numbers, like if you look at his numbers, he's a plus player. And you know you when he was playing the,
1: okay? When Seuss and he was playing less minutes, yeah. that's when he was the playing The Canucks okay. have a
3: bunch of, the, uh, someone texted in and said, I, I learned that uh, the difference between a good defenseman and, or a top four defenseman and a bottom pair guy is like four minutes. And why is that? And it's like, yeah, it is. it is a little bit weird. But when some of those guys start playing up the lineup, like, Can we all agree that the Canucks have a, a, a lot of quality third-pair defensemen? Yep. But there's not enough of the guys that—they're they, they, missing a three. Yeah. Like, if it's Hughes true. and Hronach are one and two, they're missing that number three guy that is good enough to carry—like, um, if you have a, a legit four, which I think they have in a guy like Ian Cole, like you don't want Ian Cole being the best player on the second pair. Does that make sense? You want him to be the second best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. So how are they going to get that guy? I don't. Oh, know. Oh, I don't think it. That's going to be. That's the not going to happen right? this year. That's way too difficult to try and get. Yeah, like Ethan Bear isn't that guy. Ethan Bear's not a three. He's a. No. He's a maybe a five. tanev Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We even like Tanev to be a four at this stage. Of yeah, career. I think so. he's got zero offense. Exactly.
2: You know, he snapped a fifty-one or fifty-three game goalless drought the other night. That's impressive to go that long
3: with. Are we all uh, agreed that Casey DeSmith is very likely to start the game against Minnesota as well? I think so. Like Demko just needs a. (laughs) I don't even know if it's a reset or a break or you know, Laddie. You think he might be a little dinged up? Um, He didn't look terrific. Yesterday, but I'm not putting that game on him. I'm not loving that the Wild are coming in on on a heater. By the way, no, don't love that.
2: They've also scored a ton of goals. Yeah, right. Six, five, and four in their last three games. So that's going to be an issue. And uh, Matt Zuccarello, like that guy, does not age. Just keeps going out there and scoring points consistently and thoroughly. Okay, Uh, we got to go. It's been a fun show. We will be back tomorrow, but for now, we got to say goodbye. Signing off. uh, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Brough. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Health and Rough Show on Sportsnet,
3: 650.